The colors, Duke! The colors! Let's go! Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and it's your boy Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. You already know on this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generations of leaders. And yo, first and foremost, I know y'all listening, and it's season five, episode one. Y'all just listen to a new intro for this show only. A new intro for this show only. And the artist of that, Nate Key, is the guest host. And who is he interviewing? He's interviewing me. I know you're listening right now. You're like, hold up, is this a ghost? It's been eight months. I ain't seen him on Facebook. I ain't seen him on Instagram. I ain't seen that man on LinkedIn. A matter of fact, it's 1.06 a.m. Thursday morning. And I check my LinkedIn for the first time in a while. Got 4,000 friend requests right now, or requests. It's just, it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope beat. The step two, step two. All right, I, I just, it's late, so I'm delirious right now. But man, it feels good to be home. And I know there's a lot of questions. Greg, what happened to the conference? Greg, where you been? What happened to the podcast? What happened to the post? Do you still speak? Are you alive? And it's really even Greg. I don't know what, I don't, I, I, there's so many things, and I said I can't just jump back onto the show interviewing another guest without addressing some things and getting some things off my chest. I want to tell you, the first 15 minutes of this, like I said, this is my first time jumping back in the booth. I, they were cool. I think I was a little scatterbrained for a while, but after 15 minutes, I caught my stride, and it was a great interview. I know Nate was a phenomenal interviewer. Matter of fact, he just needed to be the full-time host, and I just needed to go back and chill somewhere, to be real. <laughs> but uh, before we begin, I, I just want to get a special shout-out to a couple people. One, my boy Sidney Evans, man, for producing my album, Remember Your Genius Album, on the way. Special shout-out to Sid. And everybody else, man, I... I can't really just put all the names out there because there's so many people I want to thank. But I just want to say for every single person that said a prayer for me, thought about me, called me, sent me a text, emails, LinkedIn, Facebook message, Twitter message, all that good stuff. Majority of them I have had opportunity to read. Even if I have a reply, I had opportunity to read. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm going to talk more deeply into it when you listen to the podcast. But man, y'all y'all mean so much to me. Like family. Y'all treat me like family. Y'all do way more for me than I could ever do for y'all. And your kind words throughout this journey over the last eight months has helped me through some great times. 
Kept me humble through some great times. Kept me high through some low times. Some very, very, very low times. And it's crazy that it's like family over the last couple of years. This is what it's been. It's been a community. And I don't know where I would be without y'all. And of course, without my Lord and Savior too. So I just want to thank y'all. And I want I want this interview just to start this, this season off right from a real perspective. Nate does a phenomenal job. I'm about to get off the mic and let this man do his job. And once again, you're listening to season five. Thank y'all so much. I pray you enjoy. All right. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. I am your special guest host, uh, Nate Key, and uh, I'm going to be bringing you a special episode of the Minority Trailblazer podcast today. Um, I am excited to be interviewing, talking to, uh, digging in a little bit with uh, my friend, Greg Hill. Um, You know, he needs no introduction, but I will give him an introduction uh, because we are here doing that today. (laughs) From Durham, Durham, North Carolina, a proud graduate of North Carolina A&T. First business was selling sodas in high school, making $120 a day. Um, And he started an entertainment company, um, interned for the mayor, and has worked for three Fortune 500 companies. Um, Currently works as an author, professional speaker, um, mentor of mine as well. Um, And, of course, the host of the Minority Trailblazer podcast, um, which has been downloaded hundreds of thousands of times and listened to in over 200 different countries. So I am happy to be a. introing and uh, and bringing on my friend um, and host of the Minority Trailblazer podcast, Mr. Greg E. Hill. What's going on, Greg? What's going on, man? It's, it's kind of funny. It's like people people that's been listening to 80 episodes, they're like, yo, how are you going to give an intro? And I, I know I know probably more about him than he do. <laughs> but before we begin, man, hey, give, give your own intro, man, because I want to make sure everybody know a little bit about you and where you come from to get some context as we jump into the show, bro. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, my name is Nate Key. I uh, describe myself as an artist, an activist, and an entrepreneur. So um, I am a spoken word artist, uh, also a visual artist and painter. Uh, I'm an activist, so really on the front lines of uh, being out and about for social change, um, racial and economic justice, um, and then being an entrepreneur. I'm a, a full-time artist um, and a full-time speaker, um, and now becoming an author as well. Um, and so I travel around, uh, tour and speak, um, to talk to people about, um, how they can stay motivated and really find their purpose and their calling in life. So that's me, uh, Nate Key, artist, activist, and entrepreneur. Mm, love it. Love it. Love it. Right, let's jump right in, bro. Cool. Cool. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, I, I want to first talk to you about where you've been at, you know, you've been on <laughs> the grid for a little while. I tapped out of matrix. So, uh, <laughs> so, so what you've been up to, man? Man, that's a that's a huge, huge question because I know many of you that are listening is like, hold up, man. The last podcast is in November. It's almost it's July now, so it's like that's seven months. And um, I, I when I when I reached out to Nate to have him do the interview me on this podcast, I knew it was going to force me to to really dig deep. And um, it's, it's crazy because I think it was like a month ago. He's working on his book project and the interview for the book project, and we just had some great chemistry, and I was able to share some stuff, but. After I was done, I was like, man, there's some more I really wanted to share that um that I really couldn't just get out at the time. I just wasn't in the right space to really get it out completely. And I knew that coming back on the show, bringing the Minority Trailblazer podcast back, I couldn't just come back with another episode and just like just 
just completely act like I have been I've been gone for like seven months. So I didn't I didn't think I would rock, but the the question is where have I been, man? And it's a it's a loaded loaded question, it's a big question. But like I said, I think I built this podcast on being honest and authentic and being direct with y'all. So I just want to keep it that way. And I guess I'll start with November. I guess November. The time was, and it's gonna, I'm gonna answer a couple of questions at once, but, uh, we just started promoting or starting to kick off, uh, the, the tour, the Minority Trailblazers, not the tour, but the, um, the actual conference. Uh, it was November, the, the conference was in March, so we were about to kick it in the next gear, promoting it. But around that time, I just knew something, something wasn't right. Just something, something wasn't right. I don't know what it was, but something was just not right going into November. And I looked at it, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm putting this, this conference together pretty much by myself. I mean, I had some people that were helping out. Um, I won't mention their names here, but yeah, some great people that were helping out, but I also had some people that I could have contracted to help out in, in the, in the beginning. But at the time I just didn't have the funds to do it, uh, to really bring them on. And honestly, I just thought from doing, judging from the tour that it rolling out a conference wouldn't be that hard. Like we did 10 city tour. We had a great turnout. It was phenomenal, like momentum. So I was like, Oh, conference. I mean, as long as I booked the space, everything else going to be easy. And then as the months and days started trickling, it just realized that it is not going to be that easy. And then around December, um, and this is just being real, December, my car, actually my car broke down in October. And then November, I realized that there won't going to be no coming back for this car. Like the car was done. The car was done. The only issue was, I was like, well, I can get another car. Money was coming in. However, and I think I mentioned it in my book and I mentioned it on my previous podcast, I still didn't have a license. Like I didn't, I didn't have a license for like three, three, four years. Uh, my license expired through in, um, in college. Uh, there was a, there was a time where I had a ticket. I, I kept getting tickets for registration and I didn't have no money to pay the registration tickets. And, and eventually they ended up lapsing and, uh, my, my license got taken away. However, it's been many years, even when I was working in corporate, I was working in different states. So I really didn't, I didn't necessarily need a license to get pulled over. It all came to all came to fruition when I realized I had to get another car in order to get another car, get insurance and all that other stuff. I mean, I already had insurance with my parents, but to get to another car, I had to have a license. I didn't have a license. And that took an odyssey of around four months and around three, four grand to get my license back. And that was a a journey, journey in itself. So I'm talking about to, to fast forward real quick. It was from around November to around April, April, no, mate. April, April, it's like six, six, six months where I didn't have a car at all. Like I was Ubering everywhere and getting rides from my boy, Terry T. Crump. Um, Nate has helped me out a couple of times with rides. So I was in a weird space where imagine myself and I'm just walking y'all through it methodically in December, haven't been driving for a month, um, have no clear roadmap on when I'm going to get a car. But then I'm still speaking. I'm working on this conference. And at the time, I was like, yo, this it just doesn't seem right. Like Things were just not going right. And then on top of that, I just was scared to pull the plug on really promoting the conference because in my heart, I knew that I just didn't have enough. Um, I just didn't have enough organizational skills and a team around me to really bring it to fruition like I wanted to bring it on. And plus, too, I was going to have to bankroll majority of the conference myself because I waited too long to get sponsorship. So I was in a a whirlwind of a time in December and I said, OK, uh, my, my homegirl, 
Joanna, who who runs a phenomenal company, she's actually gonna be in a podcast pretty soon called All Here. She had uh she had put some things together, and I was going on a trip to the Bahamas in January. So I said, man, this 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 trip to Bahamas is gonna be phenomenal. It's gonna really just give me a wait time. I'm gonna speak, and I'm gonna have a chance to reflect, and I'm gonna come back January motivated, pumped up, and to really bang it out and promote for this conference and get everything back on track. Went to Bahamas, had a great time, but when I came back, I realized nothing had changed. Um, I'm gonna take y'all through my day to day. My day to day, I mean, some days I was up at four thirty, some days I was up at twelve. Uh, some days I was reading books. Some days I watched Netflix all day. Like I was, I was in a a weird downward spiral trance of just not knowing what what I wanted to do. It's it's crazy, like how in in a two months process, a guy in my own mind I could lose all all my confidence and a lot of momentum. Because of my insecurity about the conference. And unfortunately, around the end of January, that's when I reached out to everybody that I had uh, talked to about speaking and told them that I was going to have to postpone it till next year. And that is when things went all the way left for me, because at the time, I mean, they were OK with postponing it and they didn't take it any offense. It is what it is. I gave them like two months notice. But in my own head, I was like, yo, this is something I've been planning for a couple years. And I'm sitting here having to tell people that 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 they was gonna waive fees, it was gonna put me in their schedule to come speak at a conference, and I'm postponing it. And I just felt so small, so weak, so I don't know, man. And I wasn't able to to fully address that mistake and move on. I I dwell with that mistake instead of uh, I was crazy. I was listening. I was uh, at church one day uh, yesterday, and a lady said uh, she had just lost her husband a year ago. And she said instead of uh she was she she had to realize she couldn't get over it. She just had to get through it. But at the time I was trying to get over it and I just couldn't get over it. And I let one week turn into two weeks, turn into a month, turn into two months. And come March, I was it still in the same space. Um I really wasn't I hadn't been on social media for a while. Luckily, I mean I had a run group with, with brothers like T Crump, um, Nate, um, Mark, which every Monday we were able to meet. And I had a church to go to on Wednesday and Sunday because without that, I, I don't know what I w- would have been able to do because it's crazy how what some people may see in small, like, hey, this is a conference, bro. Just a conference. You'll be all right. You can do it again next year. For me, it was, it was a, one of the biggest failures that I've, 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 I've ever done. And I just carried a huge amount of shame. And I think that's probably the theme of the last seven months has been very shameful of, of not being able to, to, to go through being shameful of having the weaknesses of being depressed again. Like I wrote a book about it. We just been, we was on stages, killing stages, talking about how you defeated, how you had a momentum and not just having that living free. And then all of a sudden I'm back in the same place. It's like I felt shameful for the fact that, um, I was back in the same place. Shame for the fact that I didn't fall through in the conference. Shame for the fact that I didn't have no organizational, like all my discipline went out the window. The Mr. 430 run five miles a day went from waking up at nine, 10, some days, not some weeks, not being really um locked in, man. And luckily I had things already signed up as far as gigs and some other things where financially I was straight, but just mentally I was just in a um very, 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 very different place, man. And uh yeah, so where have I been? I've been just growing, learning, most importantly, man, just trying to take some time to to reconfigure how I see myself and reconfigure who I really am. Um, 
Because at the end of the day, I think sometimes, specifically in this public figure space, as my profile beginning to grow in 2017 and we were looking for a breakout 2018, um, it was just, I, I, people around me had what their perception of what they, they thought who I was and who they think I was or who I could be. But in myself, I, I felt like I wasn't comfortable of where I was going. I wasn't comfortable with decisions I was making. And it's a weird space when everybody else is bigging you up and you in your head are behind like, yo, that's, that's not me. Like I'm thinking about all I was thinking about mistakes. I, I didn't give myself any grace. And I think that's one thing that we talk about. And I, I talked about on my prior podcast is we can give the world so much grace. But our own self, we can give ourselves no grace. And I think that was one of my biggest detriments. And it took me many, many months just to get over the hump through countless conversations with friends, um, through church, through therapy, through all these different means, just to get back into this place now where we're recording podcasts, uh, we're having a, a tad more discipline and we're moving forward. So um, I know that wasn't like a definite one, two, three answer, but to say where have I been, man, I've been all over the place, uh, all, but all over the place, but in the same place, man. But I'm just so blessed that I'm alive because I mean, I ain't gonna lie. There was some days where I just like, yo, I never said I was going to jump off or do nothing crazy. But in my head, I was like, I don't, I don't deserve to be here. I don't need to be here. I'm not adding anything. And I kept questioning like, yo, I was just a guy. I'm, I kept looking at the past like, yo, we were just on fire. How do you go from on fire to like drowning so fast? And there was so many people sending emails, calls. I mean, and I'm just overwhelmed with the support from people like, yo, checking in, checking in. And it was just a, a very difficult time where we're just we're, we're now we're, we're we're out of it. We're ready to kind of showcase a lot of the content um, I'm developing and pushing forward, man. But yeah, dog, like it's it was it it was been a it's been a I wouldn't say it's been a um uh uh eye opening last six months and half of the year, man. And um if there's anything you want to ask in correlation to that, but yeah, dog, that's kind of that's kind of in a nutshell. Yeah, I'm I'm remembering um yeah, so we've been playing in a basketball league together and oh, yeah. uh mm-hmm. yeah, like doing started doing more mentoring and, and and uh iron sharpening iron over the past about a month. Um but like when we were going through when we were uh playing in the basketball league, I was remembering a time where um we were all just kinda like, Man, where's Greg at? You know, like where's Where's he at? What's going on? Like, let's just make sure this this brother is all right and he's he's good. Because um, knowing that you're you're busy with planning stuff as a as a friend, as a person who 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 has gotten to know you better, um, I'm I'm looking for if this is a time also where you just learn the value of of other people, the value of having those relationships. Um, in addition to having having more grace with yourself. So, I, like, what's the big the biggest takeaway that you would say from this time, um, what are you most, what did it teach you the most? Or what did you learn from it the most? Man, I think you hit it directly on the head, Nate. Like the, the two biggest things was I have some of the best friends and uh, supporters in the world, bar none. Like I never realized, because it's, it's crazy when you're doing what you need to do, when you're discipline doing all this other stuff you tend to think it's, it's, it's it was you i mean up of course people help out but you think you're doing like the lot of the heavy lifting like you the guy you put it on your head you got the discipline you got the demeanor you got all this other stuff but then when you realize when that kind of gets taken away and stripped down it's like i got to realize like yo there's a lot of other people around me that's supporting it and then also too how real their friendships were like i know uh crump t crump uh leader of the rebel run group 
and uh, one of the co-founders of it. And I mean, I'm talking about for six months, dude, I rode with him to church to pick me up from church. Uh, let uh, gave me a ride back from the run group on Monday. Shoot, uh, rides to the the practice, rides to thing everywhere. Never asked for nothing, and never like you know how some people they do you a favor and they act like, oh man, it's last time, bro. Or you can tell you the meaner they not rocking. Like, yeah, nah, bro. I'm talking about six months straight, never complain, never asked for nothing. And not only that though, we had great conversation. Like our friendship, our mm. brotherhood went to a whole different level. Like it never would have, we, we never would have been as close as we are now if like the conversations we had, just both of us, not me just like venting, but both of us just back and forth. And then me just getting to know you a lot better. I mean, just over, over time and having like the, having this, the fellowship on the, on those Saturday, Saturdays hooping or having that fellowship randomly during the week or those times we went to Bojangles and just chilled and talked for a while. Like the stuff that, they used to say, okay, like get, maybe getting a, a couple hundred likes or maybe having a good Facebook ad that goes viral or having like a couple thousand downloads, stuff that used to light me up. Now it was people. Now it was a relationship. So I just got to see a whole different type of depth. And I think like that's the biggest thing, the time off that I've learned is I got some strong, strong, strong people around me that I see some phenomenal stuff in. As well as freaking the emails that I receive from people, like just genuine emails, just checking in, saying, "Hey, man, I know we haven't listened to content, man, but how are you doing?" Uh, people texts and calls, and just humanity in itself. Like I never realized how many um, lives I've impacted, but also too how many lives have impacted me. Like it's just I, I can't if I, I can have a whole hour long podcast just thanking people just for checking in. Like you know, there was days where I was like, "Man, I am just not." I'm not here at all. And then somebody would randomly send me an email. And I would say, I, I ain't reply to a lot of them, but I read them. I read them. I took them in. And I'm like, yo, and just focusing on that. So I think that's the biggest thing that I learned during this time off is just that, um, one, like I said, relationships and two, that it's okay. I had to tell myself that I had to remember that, like, it's okay, G, like, it's okay. And I think that's what's comforting me, me to this day. And I don't want to use it as a crutch. But also, I, I will say that, um, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, um, I think about for other people that are listening to like we all, I mean, myself included and in, in, in everybody who whether they're in an entrepreneurial space or not, we all go through what we think is failure, you know, or what we think of as failure. Um, has your mindset towards failure changed? Um, because some would argue that there is no failure, there's just opportunities to learn. Um, or different challenges. So is that one of the things you learned from this experience as well? Like feeling like you failed at something, but then remembering after some time passed that like, no, I didn't fail. Like if anything, I learned how important my other relationships are. I learned how important other relationships are to building something like the conference. And when it's time for you to do this right and do it the right way, you will have learned that in part from not being as successful in the, in, in, in one space or one season of life. Hmm, that's a great question, man. I think the biggest thing is honestly, I I think this time has really allowed me to break down or break up, like say a picture a house and picture like me coming with a bulldozer and everything I thought was like I thought was successful, thought was gonna be the game plan, I thought was a cutting edge, and now I'm just came. I just like really outside the some of the foundation just broke it all down, like just tore it up. There's a lot of things that I said I wanted to do or a lot of things that I felt that 
was so critical, so important in humanity and living. And now I wouldn't say, I mean, I, I agree. I agree with them uh, all the way. And I think definitely the way I see failure, I don't I don't believe there is particularly failure. Nations. I think it's just all about that perspective thing. And I think I had a wrong, wrong, wrong perspective during that time where I was just thinking a perspective of I was first of all, I was trying to think of I was trying to get in everybody else's heads of what their perspective may be of the decisions or the actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as I was critically outrageously just thinking about myself the whole time and not mm-hmm. necessarily thinking about other people. Um, and I think when, once you start thinking about yourself, it's easy, like it just, just for instance, it's easy to, to figure out every single thing that you did not do right. Every single thing that you did not X, Y, and Z. But when you're thinking about others, you're less critical of yourself because you're not spending all the time thinking about yourself. You're thinking about, okay, how can I serve? How can I do this? Oh, somebody else give me a project. How can I make sure it's an excellent project? And I think not having that, that perspective, um, really hurt me. But now I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily see that time as a failure at all. I mean, now I realize the, the, like some of the bonds and the brotherhood that we were able to strengthen and that we're going to continue to strengthen. Like that, I don't know where I would be without it. Like, I, I just don't know where I would be about it. So I definitely see this time as a time where I've definitely, um, I definitely grown. I'm not as like, I, I'm, I'm definitely more open to different, different paces and, and different, and different phases of life that people go through. Like, I mean, there's no, there's no book or there's no like podcast you can listen to one time and then now you're a certain way. There's going to be lapses. There's going to be times where you fall back. But um, just being understanding that is going to allow me to just to be continue to be more understanding of people in general and right. um, and just more loving, to be real. Yeah, man, that is such a great point. I think that that you just said a, said a lot. And you, I mean, as a person who inspires people and motivates people, um, you are you you've gone through so many different seasons and parts of life that it really it'll help you to speak to the highs and the lows of what people go through because people are not, they're not on that high all the time. You know, they may come to a show or they may come to a a speech that you do or an experience that they have. And they might be in a spot where like, man, they just, they're down in the dumps or they've been going through some things over the past six months, a year, years, you know, dealing with things. And um, they really need to, they need to get tapped back in. It sounds like to what you've gotten tapped back into over the last six months is like, what really matters? You know what I mean? Like what really what in your life is really of substance and really matters that allows you to build on the right kind of foundation? Because there's so many different kinds of success or different versions of it. You have to have the one that's really true for you. You know what I mean? And it sounds like you've gotten over the past six months, you've been reminded of what really matters to you, I, I would say. And so like so from here on out, how is that how is that shifted for you? Like what what does really matter to you now? What are the most important things? Man, that's a uh, man. You're phenomenal with this, Nate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's only when they that one mildly off script, but still on. No, no, no. This is this is this is where it needs to be. Uh, I think there's two things. One, before I even answer that, um, something that shook me during this time, and now this kind of helps me realize kind of where I really stand and what I do professionally. Uh, my young brother of mine. He, uh, we, we, we didn't talk for a couple months here, but he had reached out and he was like, yo, gee, man, you can't keep going off the, you can't go off the grid like this, man. Because I mean, me and my young boys, we see you as kind of like a hero, man. We, we witnessed what you've done at AT and what you've done thus far. And it's like, you can't, your hero can't have no weaknesses and all this other stuff. And I, I get where he was going and I respected where he was going, but I was like, I, I was so, 
at the time, I, I wasn't upset. I wasn't like, yo, what you talking about? But in my head, I was like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> um, I, I, I understand not showing the vulnerability, but I think that's why, that's why I do what I do. That's kind of why God is gave me the mind I, I, I am right now is to hopefully free the world of, 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 of this hero thing. Like, there's only, I mean, honestly, I'm speaking for myself. There's only one hero of me. That's God, like mm-hmm. flat out. But the whole, when it, it hurt the core, I was like, yo, we're not supposed to see you vulnerable, bro. We don't want to see you like that, dog. Like, mm-hmm. and I get that. But I said, the whole reason of me even doing this podcast, the reason why I speak, all that stuff. And so that hopefully I can hope, encourage society to be free again. Mm-hmm. Like to really be free. Like when I say freedom, and I think that's, I hope that's, it's going to, it's going to go into my answer to the question, but the freedom piece, when you're free, you're okay with, messing up you're okay with like okay i i messed up but we're gonna go there but when you're not free you're filled with shame you're filled with remorse you're filled with regret because you just hold on to all this stuff right, right. and i'm like i want to push a culture where we're all more free like we're all not putting on masks so i don't want you to see me as a hero i'm nobody's hero like <laughs> I'm, I'm just i just not like no i no, 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 no. that's never what i said i never said that i never gave off that kind of interpretation no i got if anything i made a I made a living off show or showcasing every one of my weaknesses and i want to continue to do that because that's the only way i know i can live free and so your question is what does success mean to me now i i, I think it definitely has changed i think success means to me and I'm glad you asked me that because I think that's one thing I'm actually going to put in my, my day-to-day journals and so I can constantly be aware of because it's easy for society like because you can have, oh, I know what success means to me now, but if you don't keep checking into that, society will continue to twist it because you know we live in a society where all around us, right. oh, you 30, oh, this is not what you say, you 35, here's what success means to you. Your parents saying it. Even this, and the crazy thing is the people that are saying it, they don't even believe that's what success is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... It's, it's crazy. So I'm like, I'm not trying to get caught up in that major. So I now success means to me is really having those friendships and those deep relationships, like mm-hmm. those deep relationships. That is the, that's, that's one thing. Um, two, the second thing is really making sure that internally that I'm, that I'm happy mm-hmm. because when I'm happy, I can genuinely make others happy. I think I've been able to make people happy without me genuinely being happy. I mean, that's just a gift of being able to, 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 to talk. Like, I mean, I know there was times I was on stage I, the night before I was just in tears or I was just like, I didn't want to be here. And then on the stage, rip it for an hour, go back home and I'm in the same mood. Right. So right. it's like, but it's not, but I know I'm just that much more in tech when I know when I'm focusing on my inside first. And mm-hmm. I think now my focus is way more inwardly. My focus is not, okay, I want to do. Do this conference this year. I want to have this podcast network. I want to be the best speaker. I want to get to 10,000 speaking. Like, like, nah, I think as long as myself, that my relationships are strong, um, and that my habits and I'm working on that and I'm just consistently growing, all the other stuff will come. But I think I, so yeah, I I guess the the biggest thing though is just really, um, making sure the people around me that, um, I'm just having real relations with them. Like nothing's fake. I, especially with my core boys and my people. If I can't be real to them, then who, then, then, then what, then what are we living for? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You're not trying to put on like this, this front or, or go after some success that really is like somebody else's version of it. Somebody else's life really like, um, yeah, there's one part in there where you said something about where you you're pointing back to what really matters and, and you're, you're looking inwardly. And I want to just for a second before we make that the transition towards what's going on that's new. You know, what are yeah. you working towards? 
how important is your spirituality in that process? Because like as you dig deeper into yourself, you know, what what keeps you grounded, you know, and, and where where uh, and how important is your faith in that in that process? Is that what you end up digging back towards? I believe that everybody, regardless of what you believe in, I, I think everybody has some sort of grounding. Some sort of grounding. If it's, and if you're, regardless of what you believe in, you have some sort of grounding. I guess the challenge is consistently tapping into whatever your grounding is. And my grounding during this whole time has been in my faith. And, um, because I really believe that that is the only thing, uh, this is just me being personal. That's the only thing I can really count on that, that mm-hmm. doesn't change. Cause I know I change. Uh, people change, situations change, seasons change, everything can change, but my faith doesn't. And that's so comforting because I know that, like, I can say if we restart this podcast and people stop listening, or say if I the, the gigs dry up, say if I just took a career as a teacher, say if I just did something else, was never in the public eye again, uh, never reached what I thought was success in the past, um, never really did anything of note from a society perspective, I know that wouldn't change the way God sees me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that wouldn't change that. I don't think, I don't think when I, when I die, God will be like, yo, were you the, were you the national speaker? Were you this? Were you do that? Like, I mean, as long as I utilize my talent in some way, cause people, I, I think I, I misread what, what the word meant about utilizing talent. I thought when you utilize your talent, that means that you're, you're going to be widely successful and known for your talent. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think when you utilize your talent, that just means you're, you're, you're known to the people that you're around, the, the community that you're around. That doesn't mean that necessarily you're going to be a star, or be famous, or be a world changer. I mean, I, what, what happened to being a local changer, a house changer, a friend changer? Like we went, I, I realized I wanted to be a world changer, but some mm. of my friends just were messy. Some of my, my relationship with my family is messy. Not messy and like sloppy, but it wasn't, I'm not changing them. Like my brother, I'm not changing them. My, my relationship, my family, my my mother, my father. I'm not growing that. My relationship, with my boys. We just we we really just hey, everything's rocking. We're not having real conversation, not being intentional. And I want to change the world. What kind of sense does that make? Mm, wow, mm. man, I feel like people need to just digest and chew on that for a second. I I need to uh, because that's that's really where. This said, the Bible says where your where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So if our treasure is uh, is out in the world and we're constantly trying to reach out and 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 uh, and go towards these new horizons to seek stuff in many ways, even though that's part of being like a pioneer, we're not focused on the things that are right in front of us that we could be impacting, whether they're things in our community, their relationships in our family, like you said, and. And there's so much of our time that can really be spent with an outward focus that there's there's people that that are wildly successful, but their marriages are falling apart mm-hmm. or their personal relationships are just like in shambles. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just grateful to be involved in this conversation, to be reminded of that again myself as well, to get the focus back on what it should be on. You know, and that's that's all that that God has given us in our lives right now. You know, just just right now, if. if if uh, if you take that to the world global stage, that's that's wonderful. That's phenomenal. Like if he has you to do that in your local community or in, in other places and states and neighborhoods, then that's what he has for you to do. But keeping that focus to the relationships and the people and the things that he has already given you to impact, 
it's just I, I think that's right. That's just right down what people need to hear. That's right down the alley um, because of the way that the world can have us to focus on stuff. That's that's not those things. Mm-hmm. And what's really important. And there's two things. I'm glad you kept you brought that up. There's two things that um, I want to I want to rehash another thing about. I realized in November I realized in November of last year that I was on a dangerous path and the dangerous path that I was on was I know if I continue doing what I was doing, I would definitely, I would hit majority of my, the goals that I believed. However, with my relationship, with my parents relationship, like I said, with my, my friends relationship with people that I did business with was not going to be copacetic. Like I, I there was a lot of cu- the corners that I cut because I said, well, shoot, I know I'm, I'm doing the right thing from a, from a high level. I'm doing the right thing. We're impacting the right people, but I wasn't going about it in the right way. There are certain things I just kept falling short of with my communication, just following through on certain things. I was like, well, I didn't follow through on that, but I'm ultimately, I'm doing good. I'm doing good at what I'm doing. I'm helping people. So it's okay for not being able to follow through. Like in, in my head, I knew that was wrong. Like, okay, if my yes is my yes, Greg, let the yes be the yes. If you say you're going to do something, do that. And even if that means that you're not going to be able to speak here or do this, that w- what matters more? You getting on the stage and getting claps or you, if you say, tell, tell a friend you're going to do this and you do it. Like mm-hmm. what really matters more? What's going to help more? Cause the people, they're going to get a, 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 a buzz for a second, but what's going to happen in five years, when all those relationships, all the grace people used to give you, they didn't ran out of grace because you just you were just being half ass on things. You don't ran out of grace now. So what happens is your profile grows and now everybody around you realizes that you just selfish. Like you've been parading as if you're for the people, but you were just selfish. And not to beat my beat up on myself. Like there's some other things that I, I'm 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 right now for the sake of this interview, I just want to be real on my 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 faults. Like there's some other great things I have been doing, but for the most part, it was selfish. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I never realized. That's one thing I taught, I, I, I learned. I never realized how selfish I was until, until the last six months. Like, yo, until I had to depend on other people. Then I realized, like, yo, <laughs> gee, <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's what scared me because I'm like, I'm seeing what other people saw and I'm like, yo, that made you look good. But yo, if, if you had to like, if people count on you for stuff, they be a, they be a out. So, um, yeah, man. And, and there was something else you said that was so deep. It's crazy because uh, it's crazy how, how how the spirit works. That um, thing about you said something about a mask and attraction, right? And I think what I realized too is the only the other benefit, the only detriment of wearing a mask and not being who you are is that when blessings do come. They're blessing the person that's in that mask. They're blessing the mask. So that's why you, that's why we don't feel fulfilled when good stuff happens because it's not, that's not, we're not getting it. That's not what we, not who we are. That's not our blessing for us. That's blessing for the person that we pretend to be. So we get that check and we get that girl, we get this and we like, man, this ain't enough. It's because you have a mask on them. It's, it's enough for the mask, but that's not you. Mm. Wow. Gracious. Yeah, and, and 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 even as it feeds that thing, you got to become more of of that person behind the mask to be able to keep what you got. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't, you can't really even be the authentic version of yourself because you got to keep the mask up just to keep what you got, just keep what you got from it. Yeah, and, and just think about this too. And uh, I'm glad you. I mean, I'm so glad that that, that man, the questions you've been asking has just been phenomenal. And I think one bigger thing is about all right when I said about 
treating our friends or or before we change the world, thinking about our, our, our relationships with our friends and whatnot. I know, um, not to get too deep, but I know last three weeks or so we started this uh, bi-weekly, like just, just prayer trap, um, devotional stuff. And even though it's been short time, it's, it's already starting to have a profound effect on me. Not just like, okay, every, every conversation is life changing, but just that discipline of building with your friends, being vulnerable two times a week, just talking through certain things. And I'm like, yo, that's, that's on a small scale. But imagine just, for instance, like say your friends that I had business. I was like, yo, I just thought about when this podcast, like I didn't, I didn't put together a whole tour, multiple big events. I was like, how come me and they never collaborate on an event? Like, just, just did something and put our things together. How come, say for instance, if I have a problem with discipline, this is an idea. If I have a problem with discipline saying, okay, now I don't have a nine to five now, but some days I know that I'm not up and up, up when I want to work or don't have a, con- a conducive work schedule. I have you, uh, Mark, whatever. Why not us? Maybe even a couple times a week, just go to the frontier, go to American Underground and just block nine to five. We just, we just working all day in front of each other. So it's accountability, but like, there's so much little small stuff we can do in our community that within just our friendships that could help us change the way we even operate in our own business. Like, um, like imagine that. And it's like, I didn't even, you don't even think about stuff like that when you're just thinking about all the big stuff. Yeah. Right. And, and I think you said an important word before that. Wow. I'm like, I'm experiencing this word in other relationships that I, that I have in like, the, the value that hopefully get, you know, God is like dredging me of. of um, but it, man, it's just that pride, you know, thinking about pride and like what it doesn't allow us to do oftentimes, like it doesn't allow us to learn. It doesn't allow us to be vulnerable. It makes us feel like we need to like, like you mentioned before, like put on this version of ourself that's really guarded, it's protected. It, it, can't, it won't let anybody else in because we need to make this image of ourselves. And especially we got to dive into that space, being black men, being men of color and like having the world view you as somebody that's like, you got to be strong. You got to be impenetrable. You got to be, you have to be so tough or so hardened by the, by our life, life experiences that if we're not able to let our pride down with each other and to grow you know what I'm saying? We could have we we would miss the the blessing. You know what I mean? We block our own blessing and like, yeah, you know, helping to grow each other's businesses, tapping each other's networks. I mean, look at the money that just lies in the networks that we have, the blessings of, pe- of people that we know that can use the other person's services and pay and pay them for it. Um, it's just, you know, it's just great. But we we can't do that as a, as a community as well if we're operating in pride. And I think that's especially something that I've I've seen in my in my brothers and black men just like just wanting for for brothers to really let their pride down so that they can be able to grow with each other. You know, and and that this kind of speaks to coming off of a retreat that you that you just did. Like like how how was that? How has that time influenced and impacted you as well? Man, it's just um, it's crazy. It's impacting me more than I would ever, ever know. I know. couple of years ago, there's always in me, there's always frameworks that work with me in life and there's frameworks that don't. And one framework that used to work was in every area of my life, for the most part, is fitness, um, fitness, faith, fitness and faith in between and in particular fitness and faith, particularly faith for right now. I always try to make sure that I had like some type of mentor 
in each space. And when I say mentor, it wasn't like every week he called, hey, mentee, whatever. But somebody that was a little bit older than me that was is doing stuff and I could just talk to maybe once once a month or whatnot. And I know I realized I'd got I have gotten out of that. So I know last month I was able to have a go go to dinner with one of my older older brothers and um we just had a great great conversation about faith about his marriage about raising kids and all that stuff and just the camaraderie and, and stuff like that and the vulnerability stuff that he shared that I I never would have thought known um just just created such um such blissfulness man and and it helped me in a lot of different ways and to answer your question directly I think that um. It's, it's so tough as a, as a black man or a person of color to, 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 to really be vulnerable in a sense, because as what you said, uh, what the media portrays us so majority of the time, so negatively that when you are succeeding, you only want to show the best part because you're like, yo, I don't, I don't want to make, I, I don't want to show any, I, there's already enough negativity. So I got to show off everything mm-hmm. that I'm good at, everything that I've achieved and right. et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, cause if you do, then it's like, it kind of makes you seem like, hold up. So how far has the black race came? Like if, 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 if I'm, if I'm open about being depressed, if I'm open about feeling or not living mm-hmm. up to X, Y, and Z, it's like, hold up. Then y'all talk about all this progress that y'all making and all this other stuff. But you got this dude that's supposed to be a speaker, schools are booking him, doing all this other stuff. And look at him. He, that last six months, where has he been? All this other stuff. So you don't want to show weakness because it can, it can throw it back in your face. And now mm-hmm. it's like, or the people that, it's just, it, it's, it's way more complex. When, when, because you, you, you live in a society where there's, there's few black men in general to be mm. real. So yeah. you can't, you can't show no weakness. Like, I mean, you, you peace. The reason why a lot of our politicians, a lot of our leaders and a lot of the so-called leaders, they fail to really get, 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 get people really behind them because they, they, they they're being fake. And it's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, let's go back, like reroute what you just said, even back to what you said earlier about the young, the young cats that were following you or have been following you on, on the podcast and just see you as a, as an idol, a role model, that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, whether or not you want to ascribe yourself to being somebody else's hero. I mean, a lot of ways, even even for me, like us being contemporaries and us being friends and, and uh, both of us being mentors to each other, like you, I experience your greatness. You know what I mean? And a lot of times I experience your greatness because of your desire to be a little bit more vulnerable or be a little bit more transparent than other people. And what does that tell them? You know what I'm saying? Like, so you being an an example of somebody that is willing to be more transparent, is willing to be more vulnerable, is just willing to be more of themselves and say, hey, you know, like, I don't claim to have it all together in this area of my life. You know what I'm saying? And I'm Mm -hmm. not going to look at you and be like, yeah, I got I got it and try to put on this front that inspires them to do the same thing. You know what I mean? And, And I do think that that's just one of the reasons why. You know, the podcast and the books and the speaking has so much value because I believe that you inspire other people really to just be themselves. You know what I mean? And like what you're doing with the younger people is like really pointing them back to them. Like, yo, y'all can. There's nothing that I'm doing that you can't do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and in fact, it really just requires you to be more real, to be more transparent and to not put on that front that you might feel pressed or other people might be pressing you to to, to do so, I mean, I, I, I just I see that for myself and, and just want to 
continue to bring that out in you um, so that you can inspire other generations and younger people to continue to do the same thing because they need that because there's so much there's so much fakeness out in the world. There's so much <laughs> like this is what you should be. And none of it is really like who you are. So if you inspire people to do that, and I believe that you do continually, like there's tremendous amounts of value in that. Man, I appreciate that. And one question I'll ask before we move forward is I think I always battle with responsibility because I feel like as, as, we, as I know for myself, as I get older, I do have a responsibility to continue to grow mm-hmm. um, because that would, that would only help myself and help others. But the word responsibility, for some reason, just keeps going in the back of my head. Like, what is that? And that's a study that I'm, I'm going to study. I'm going to continue to study. Like, what does that really mean? Not society's responsibility or responsibility for your household. I know I get all that. I'm just talking about responsibility to others. Is your responsibility to others to be responsible for yourself? Or is your responsibility for others to, like, I, 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 I battle with that word responsibility. Um, because that's something I always struggle with. I think that. I, oh, I used to I do a lot of stuff without having it being responsible. But then when I actually responsible to do a lot of stuff, that's when it, I feel a lot of perceived pressure. That's when I feel like it's a lot more weighing on me that I got to I have to do it for the people. And then sometimes I, I can be in a detriment of my own self. But um, you don't got to answer that. I just it's something that's been in the back of my head that um, I, I really can't. It's, 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 it's uh, specifically responsibility as a black male because uh, it's just. It's, it's it's way bigger. I, I feel like as a black male um, or a black or a person of color in general than say from other cultures. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just speak towards that. I don't know if I can really answer that question in full, but um, just that you know, there's this there's this concept of think globally, act locally, right? So it's like if I think globally and act locally in my community, then my responsibility is really to continue to pursue being the best version of myself and to be to be what, you know, God would have made me for in all aspects of my life. So whether that means being a friend, being a father, being a um, being a musician, an artist um, and to show up in those areas of my life. And when you say the word responsibility, like in particular, I think that it means being the best version of yourself because I've known for, for myself and for other people these seasons of life that we go in where we we know that we're supposed to do something different and better, but we constantly feel this tug of something that's trying to pull us back into a, a life that we no longer live. You know what I mean? A, a person that we no longer are. And it calls us to be more responsible for operating in God's greatness that he's given us because every day that means I, I need to be able to grow. So I can't I can't really go back to the old version of myself. I can't handle situations, you know, before it might have been somebody might have made me mad. I might have just cussed them out or 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 deleted a number out of my phone and, and had, you know, fly by night kind of relationship with folks. And now if I'm if I'm responsible for growing and I'm responsible for being the greatest version of myself, some of these things we got to talk out, you know, some of these relationships we have to I got to I manage them differently. I have to encourage them differently. And um, I can't just skip out on them. And so I think that when you when you're talking about being responsible, the way I respond to that is is by saying, am I being the best version of myself in all these areas of my life, knowing that I can't change everything? You know, like the whole world is not for me to change. That's the weight that I have to take off of me and, and place on the altar. 
Um, but what has God given me to change inside of my own heart? And how do I go after that every day so that I can be the best version of myself? Because that's what other people who are connected to me need to see. They need to see that I'm constantly trying to grow. And even though I'm not perfect, I'm aiming to grow every day. Mm. Mm. That's hey, you said you said it right there, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know, like, yeah, like what is next for you? You know, what's a, what is what is what do you see in your future, in the near future? But then also, what are you forecasting to let people know uh, what will be coming up that they can continue to 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 see you on and hear you on? Because um, I'm, I'm interested in, in following you on the journey as well. I think the biggest thing there's a couple of things I, I speak from a business perspective and then from a personal perspective, from a business perspective, what you can see is the next season of the money with the trouble as a podcast. Like we got, we got episodes at the episodes already in the can. So that's huge. So I'm excited about that. Uh, also I do have a motivational album. This it's already done. This uh, tracks are done. I just got to maybe add an introduction track that uh, speaks specifically towards it because I want to make sure when I release it, I got I got I got to be real with certain stuff and it's been done for months, but I just I wasn't in the space to release something that and then feel and feel real about it. You feel mm. me? Like I'm not I don't want to release a, a crazy motivational album when it's like when I'm still when I'm still searching for something, when I'm still growing right. in certain areas. I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be growing. Not to say I'm going to wait till I'm perfect, but it's like, nah, I want to be I want to make sure that at least my foundation is strong. Before I release some content like that, like this just it wouldn't feel right if people like yo I'm banging out this more like I'm motivated I'm doing all this stuff and I'm just like eh, going through the motions like nah so that's gonna be on the way soon as well and then I guess the one thing that I'm battling with is uh if I will go back on the road at the end of the year so either whether it be a high school tour or whether it's going on um, an extended Minority Trailblazer tour with some wrinkles it's gonna be a little bit different than the last time with some wrinkles so. Yeah, y'all gonna have to keep updated on on that, and also too, I am working on a book, Quarter Life Crisis. I'm not sure on the release date. It's looking like maybe September, October. I haven't put that down. I'll know that by the next podcast. But uh, my album, new season of podcast, a new book that's going to be crazy, and then probably a uh, some sort of a tour towards the end of the year, and then hopefully too offline we could talk about doing some some type of joint event within the next couple months. I mean, I got some ideas. Um, we had a great, great Durham version of Trailblazer last year. Uh, I'm not, it, it won't necessarily be a Trailblazer, um, of, of, uh, event. It might just be something curated that's just very impactful, man. Like, uh, there's so much stuff that I know that's been on my heart, it's been in your heart, and then others, creative people that I think we could really help and, and, and aid Durham in some way. So, um, I just thought about that over last, since we've been talking. But yeah, man, so definitely that's on the business perspective. On a personal perspective, I think what's next is, hmm, just continual growth, man. Continual growth and and honesty. And I think just uh, a a continue freer version of myself. Uh, Nothing contrived, nothing doing it just because. I'm just, I'm really in a space of really um, making sure that I'm being true, true to myself. And putting out content that really resonates with my soul. That I know it's going to resonate with other people, and uh, just continuing to grow with with the with my run group, um, with 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 the church, 
with my my inward circle, like with my brother. My brother just graduated high school, so I know we need to have some, be, have some intentional uh, stuff that we do on a monthly basis. So just being uh, I, I, my next phase of growth for the next year is being intentional with my relationships. Like I want to make sure that people that are in my inner circle know that we have we have strong relationships, like legit. Like if I if people that I talk to on a weekly basis, I want them to know that. We, 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 I'm being intentional about growing those relationships and having strong ones. Um, because at the end of the day, that's what's going to last, um, until death. Not, uh, fame, not, uh, downloads, not tours. That's all cool stuff. I meet a lot of great people along the way. I met a lot of great people along the way. But the people that's close to me, the people that, um, that will be able to attend funerals, people that will attend the birthdays and all that stuff, like, I, I want to make sure those relationships are tight. Yeah. Um, so how do you, how do you, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of this quote that somebody told me is that when I was worried about this, some relationship or friendship and they were like, is a person going to come to your funeral? And I was like, <laughs> I had never thought about that before. I was like, Oh, I was like, you know what? They probably not. Like, I, I don't think they, I don't think they will come to my funeral. He was like, should you really be that concerned about that relationship? Like we want to manage all of them to the best of our ability, but especially digging in on the ones, like you say, the ones that really care about you, the ones that really invested in, in you and you're invested in them. You want to manage those well. So how do you my question after that is how do you do that? Like, how do you how do you have a balance with like relationships, work life, being an entrepreneur um, and just really like being there for people. Cause sometimes you have these relationships and like, you need to do something for somebody who you really care about. And it takes you, it extends you past where you would normally be. You know what I mean? Like whether that's, it costs you something, whether it's sleep or it's time or it's something else you could be working on. How do you have the balance with building those relationships? Um, and then, you know, being a part of what they do, they be them being a part of what you do. Hmm. That's an interesting question. And the way I would, answer this is I'm doing my best now to incorporate majority of my relationships into my life. Like, like say for instance, our relationship, um, having it is, 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 is it, and it's not, and everybody can't do it this way. Um, but for me, it works building habits like us talking every Tuesday and Friday doing that devotional piece. Like now, there's no choice but to, to, to really strengthen our relationship because we're talking more. We're, 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 we're digging deeper into the word. Like, so I'm growing my spirit and my faith. So it's like, like in my fitness. Okay. With my, with the run group and then some, some other things that I'm working on. My friends are attached with my fitness. And then with my family, like me and my brother, us building our relationships, we're meeting on a frequent, on a, on a monthly basis talking about certain things. So. It's taking less of me thinking, oh, I got to check in with certain because I haven't heard them. I haven't talked to them in a minute. Now, majority of my close relationships is already in, in, institutionalized, really, because we, we meet on a frequent basis. And I, and I challenge other people that are having struggles building relationships or strengthening relationships that are close to them is seeing what areas of life that you can really y'all can both grow together. That so it's not like you're you're seeking out like it's not like I have to call you just be just like just to call just say hey what's up man checking in that's cool but it's even better when it, it, uh, us growing also allows my spiritual life to grow right. or uh, me and T growing and Mark is growing a lot and uh, it incorporates having Rebel Run grow and then the church there's so many people involved in the church me attending on Wednesday night on Wednesdays and on Sunday people are like oh why you go to church Greg going to church every day it's because I mean a lot of my friendships are there so that's what I'm gonna be mm-hmm. so it's like just really looking at your life 
in the areas you want to grow in and then seeing which friends that you align with that can help you in those areas and you can you can kill two birds with one stone so i think right. going forward i think that's one area those that's that's how i been able to navigate growing or continue to navigate growing friendships is just putting them in places where i'm already at i'm already seeking to grow and then growing with each other right right yeah that's amazing well yeah i mean i definitely want to continue to champion your it seems like your 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 mental shift is going more towards being towards being more unselfish and just like thinking about how you can. It's funny how when we think about how we can benefit the lives of other people, other people do that for us. They're like, man, how, what can I do for Greg? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Greg is, is thinking about how he can do this thing for me. Like, what can I what can I do for Greg? And I just want to continue to to champion that in you, because I, I definitely think we continually need more of that as as entrepreneurs and just as as people as spiritual beings like the your the what you put out is what you're going to get back and uh if we take more responsibility for just being that change you know being the change that wants to see other people do well we're gonna our our greatness and our and our purpose and and our success is is wrapped up in that the success and, and the greatness and the purpose of other people and um i just want to continue to champion that in you um, I, I believe you do a segment during the podcast that's that's called Rapid Fire, Rapid Answer, right? Yep, yep. Okay, are you are you ready for that? Can we be ready to transition to that? Oh, yep, yep, be ready. It's gonna be fast now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna ask you some 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 specific questions. And you can just fire off. You know how you do. I mean, you do it already, so you already know how you do. So the first question is. Who has been your most exciting guest to interview and why? Um, that's that's a very tough question. Oh, that's a very, very, very tough question. I believe I, I'm, I'm more so I'm going to talk about type of guests because I, I don't know if I can really narrow it down because I'm, I'm a prisoner of the moment. So I'm like, yo, I'm thinking about but there's so many interviews and I guess the ones that um that are really in, in, engaged and excited, just just generally excited. You could tell when you get on the when you get on a call, not to say if something's gonna be a bad interview, because I don't think I've ever had any bad interviews, but more so it was like, all right, I'm gonna have to go ahead and bring out the A game, I'm about to pull it out, I'm about to amp up the energy. But people that are really just excited about life and excited about um challenges and excited and encouraged to share those challenges. So I guess decided I'm just always engaged and and enlightened and always excited to talk about talk with people that are this are this are, this are real on, on real on certain stuff they're not trying to brand themselves a certain way i'm not really into branding i know it's contrary to proper belief i understand branding but i don't really like branding like that like i, I be who you are and, it's, and i'm telling you it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna blow because this this is the key when i say that because then you'll as you become as you are who you are on a big level Mm-hmm. Then the the people that can help like with the graphic stuff and branding stuff, they'll come, they'll find you. But when you're just trying to brand yourself a certain way, I don't, I don't, I can't respect that no more in the business way. Like I'm not on that. And I've seen too many people be successful without necessarily having great branding to, to allow me to believe that. No, just be who you are. Accept help. That doesn't mean just be like be who you are. If you can't spell and out here to doing random stuff, like nah, I ain't saying that. But um, I ain't with the I ain't with the whole branding movement. So that people that just rid of themselves, um, not try to get on the show and just try to say they have it all together. Just trying to share authentic stories. So that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> awesome. That's what's up. Um, if you could, uh, if you could add one habit to yourself and you could take away one habit. What would those be? One you could add, one you could take away. Man, I'm taking away the habit 
of my love uh, for bread. Like I'm good. I'm good for two or three days, but then I'm like, yo, I need a pizza or I need something. So I think my bread, I just love, I love bread and not to say I eat it all the time, but every, (laughs) every three days I'm like, yo, I need to get a piece. I need to get this. So my love for bread, uh, that's what I think I would take away. Uh, One thing I would add, I would add, I would add, continue flossing. Like, I think I go through, I know it's like, yo, out of all the things you can add, all the habits you can add, <laughs> nah, <laughs> flossing for real. Uh, but nah, like I floss, I floss a lot more than I, I used to never floss. So I floss like every other day, but I think flossing a little bit more would be helpful. I thought you I thought you originally using it as a metaphor. Like, yeah, I just you know what I mean? Like sometimes I just need to stunt more. <laughs> like Oh no, no, no. I I, I, I <laughs> in the car, you know, like I'll be out here stunting. I got must walk. Nah, you it's crazy. I you, I feel like first of all, I used to be much flyer. Like I, I was I, I I hit my fly apex around junior you know, my my senior and fifth year, I was I was wearing suits every day. I had hella coats, like I was I was legitimately fly. So that was I was on that floss tip, wearing a do rag every single day. Like so, I, I I miss those days. Those are fun fun days. Well, you well you still fly, you, you, you still fly. <laughs> but I know I'm, I'm I'm gonna get back there sooner or later. But it's just not I'm just not, it's not as important to me as it as it, as it was then. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. Um, what is your biggest fear? Biggest fear. Hmm. My biggest fear has always revolved around getting too deep into a career that you that that, that was not meant for you to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because even even to this day, I mean, it's still sometimes it is a struggle. Like, hold up. I know if I would have been in the finance, if I stayed, if I would have stayed in finance, I probably been some close to a director by now. Like I was all the programs I was in were I was fast tracked and I graduated at 21. So I've already graduated. I mean, I was tended to graduate at 21. So I've graduated on time and never really went the entrepreneurship route. By this point, I'd be close to director making a hundred, hundred plus easy. Um, so then it's like, but then a part of me is like, well, shoot, I enjoy teaching as well. So what about being a, t- a principal one day? But it's like, I can't do every career. You feel me? So mm-hmm. uh, as a fear of mine of, uh, eventually put my put falling on the sword of the wrong career track and path so uh so sometimes that that is kind of fear yeah understandable um along i guess similar lines of fear what's the biggest mistake that you've ever made on stage like publicly in front of people oh man uh shoot my biggest mistake was probably I've almost made a yeah. My biggest mistake was I I, I showcased the chicken story one one thing. I, I was a uh, I, I was on Netflix the night before I had a speech, and I watched the Netflix series about chickens about how how um how they're contained and how they're uh, produced and all this other stuff. And I was like, you know what? I, I see some principles in this, man. I'm about to go ahead and, um, and, and, and do this on my next, my next gig. So I had a gig at a church and I just told this chicken story. And I mean, some people got it, but in my head, when I was saying, I was like, yo, this is wild. Like you are really making a story about chickens. And it wasn't like a three minute story. It wasn't like a closing. My whole message was based about chickens. <laughs> and I was like, yo, gee, did you really th- just make a message about chickens? And I still got the tape. But I'm like, what in the world, bro? Like, there was some principles there, but I didn't do enough digging to really get the, like, distract 
the nuggets I need. <laughs> Chickens and nuggets. <laughs> the nuggets. <laughs> so I was like, bro, I'm already on stage talking about chickens for third, like no, twenty minutes. I'm I'm going breaking down chickens and how it can. And I'm like, yo, killing chickens. I'm talking about these kids in the audience. I'm talking about killing chickens. It was wild, man. I was like, gee, you wilding right now. So I got off the stage like, man, never, never again. That track will never see the light of day. Mm. <laughs> oh. um, so getting getting closer to the end of the rapid fire. If you, This is a very important question living <laughs> in the time that we're in right now. If you were the president of the United States, what's the first thing that you would do? Man, the first thing that I would do, I would I would stop all this deportation stuff uh, in the in the, in the, the realm of things. Uh, if I was, I would really, of course, I would do my due diligence with my staff and and look at look at what ways that we can discourage discourage certain things from illegal immigrants coming into America, etc. However, for those that are here and for the impact that illegal immigrants do have. I would really think intuitively about the whole process of illegal Im- immigration, how we can make it smoother as far as people getting citizenship and then, and then understanding, okay, when they do make mistakes, okay, how do we deal with it? But I definitely would not be exporting people out the country um, just to take a stance or some, some crazy stance. Nah, 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 nah. I would, I would cut that. I would stop that immediately. Yeah. Feel you on that. Um, so when the one last question I have for you um, is it, is, it's kind of broad, um, but if you have and you do have already a, a large platform to talk to people, what's the one message that you would really want to leave people with? Uh, what's the one thing that 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 you would want to close with and have them keep on their mind, um, given a continually far extended reach as, as you had? What's that one message? What's the one thing you would want people to remember? It'd be three words. Uh uh, it's okay. Smile. That's, that's, that'll probably be it. I think that, uh, we, as we, as we, the narrative of this podcast has been, I think us as in general, not just black people, everybody in general, a lot of people are just very, very hard on ourselves. We think too much. I think we put a little bit too much maybe into life. Not to say like, and it's a it's a weird thing to kind of describe, but it's like too much in the situation, certain things. Or I, I I didn't this bill's not gonna get paid this month, or I didn't get this, or um I'm I'm not be able to get my child what she deserves, or I didn't get into this college, or I did get in this college, but I didn't get enough funding. So it's like there's always something. You feel me? Like I know people that got into Harvard or Princeton for NBA, and it's like, well now I got a hundred thousand in debt, and they complaining about debt. It's like, bro, you just got to the best NBA in the world. What more do you want? If you wouldn't have gotten in there, you would have complained that you didn't get in here. That just goes to show you that a lot of stuff that we see that goes on, we just got to really say it's okay, and then smile in those situations. And I know in my life, there's been certain times where I was like, I, my perspective was so warped that I was just like, this is the end of me. I'm like, yo, dude, you just, you were just, uh, three days late on rent. You, you acting like, you acting like, uh, like somebody just repossessed your house, bro. Like get a grip, man. Or you got to see on a, you got to, I remember one time I flipped out that I got a C. I was going to get a B in a, in a gym class in college. And I was basically, I dropped the class like, yo, I cannot get a B in PE. I was like, no, it was crazy. But I mean, I just, I wish we just had more compassion with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then just smile a little bit more, like really genuinely just smile a little bit more, incorporate that into our days. So if that was a message I have to share, that's what it would be. 
Yeah, man, that's what's up. Um, well, we we wrapped up our time. That's the end of my my questions that I think that you have been my most interesting and and uh, and, and guests that I've had, and I'm most excited about interviewing you. <laughs> Say that on your podcast and your show. Um, but uh, Minority Trailblazer podcast, um, follow Greggy Hill. You can, again, tell us how to follow you. Um, I mean, it's been a pleasure of mine to just talk with you. I'm, it's not even like an interview. It's just like a conversation. Um, and I'm glad to be a friend. I'm glad to be a motivator for you and you for me um, and an inspirer for you and you for me. And I'm just glad that God has connected us and put us in each other's lives. And I look forward to the great things that you continually do, man. Know that you you inspire me, you encourage me, you motivate me. Um, and I'm continually looking forward to uh, just experiencing your your greatness on the day to day, man. So thank you, man. Nah, like I said, I, I this has been um, one of the I believe this is going to be one of the best interviews of season five, if not the best. <laughs> and uh, and just in general, man, I just believe that uh, it, it all this all these situations and all these conversations are meant to happen are meant to be, man. So I just I just continue to to thank you for being a blessing. Um, in my life and, and, and allowing this, this conversation to have and, and to have the right perspective. And, um, just for, just for continuing to grow, man. So I'm just encouraged to see how we can continue to challenge each other, uh, challenge the culture, challenge Durham, challenge our friendships, challenge, challenge rebel running, challenge, uh, the church, challenge just every aspect of our lives to continue to grow, get better, um, and be, and be on one accord, man. So I appreciate you. Cool, man. Yeah. I got you. All right, so my name is Trailblazer Nation. You already know what to do. One, make sure you subscribe, tell a friend. Two, make sure you're changing the freaking culture. Good night.